I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby dooby dooby doo wop. Pastor and Laura wake up. Good morning. Good morning. We are doing our daily Bible study, mm-hmm. reading a chapter a day, except not really with Luke. Oh. Kind of breaking it up into parts. Yeah. But today we're going to start with chapter 7. Mm-hmm. See how far we get. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. Any thoughts on that? No, he's just a good guy. Yeah. I had written a note that just said, Faith that serves... Mm. He had. He was a. Had a good faith. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, continuing verse six, he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, "Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me." I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. He turned to the crowd following him. He said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had, then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Do you have a questioning? Hmm? Well, just, uh... I'm just thinking because we actually read this last night in our children's Bible with our girls for their nightly devotion. And in the children's Bible, there's a picture of the centurion saying these things. Now, he's not in the same picture as Jesus, but it's just funny that we don't actually... He never, he never actually speaks to Jesus. First, uh, first in verse three, the centurion sent elders of the Jews to him, mm-hmm. and then in verse six, the centurion sent friends to him, and they said all of these things. So he was never actually there talking to Jesus. Mm-hmm just kind of misleading pictures in the children's Bible again. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah. I think there is... He never was actually with Jesus talking to him. I wonder if in the other accounts it's a little bit... Well, whatever. Yeah, and it, it kind of leads into the strength of the thing when he says, you know, I tell this servant to go when he goes. And that servant is there, you know, proves people do listen to him. Mm -hmm. I just like how it proves that Jesus's power does not need to be close to him. As we talked about, you know, Jesus's power going out from him recently. 
-hmm. but his power can extend anywhere. There's no limit to it. Right. So I had notes written here that said that I, I wrote, and I don't know when I wrote this. Maybe. Bless oh, you. Bless you, baby. There's a baby here trying to help with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what kind of faith is great faith, according to Jesus? So I wrote un- unselfish, Christ-centered, humble, and trust God completely. I don't know when I wrote that or what Bible study I was in, but I have different parts of the section highlighted that explain that. So, anyway, let's move on. Okay. Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of a mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled they they were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. I don't know if I really have any questions about this. It's all pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's amazing. It's the first time Jesus brings someone back from the dead. Right? Right. And there's, I think there's ten, ten resurrections in the Bible. So it's... Well, I guess it's the first one we hear about. First one of Jesus, yeah. And Luke. Yeah. But just Jesus has compassion on people, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't go out and say to her, well, he's in heaven, you should be happy, you know. I hear that sometimes, or, you know. Anyway. What's wrong with saying that? Nothing's wrong with that, but still, you know, That's there is. pretty much the only comfort that, we can give people. Okay, right, of course. That it's is the like comfort. the best comfort. It is the comfort, but it's still okay to be sad when a loved one dies and Jesus has compassion on someone who is going to miss someone. So maybe I'm not explaining myself well here. I apologize. But uh, anyway, what? nothing. He, oh, the comfort, the comfort is if Jesus has power to raise this person from the dead, he also is going to have the power to raise us from the dead. So we'll be with him forever in heaven. My point is that but he on doesn't, earth there's still sorrow. He doesn't go around hardship. feeling sorry for everyone who has someone die. Like he doesn't raise every dead person he ever sees. That's true. So, But he saw that this would be best for her. And he gives this person what they need. Yeah. Alright, verse 18. John's disciples told him about all these things. So the heading says Jesus and John the Baptist. All right, so that's the John we're talking about. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who who was to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who was to come, 
or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What do you... What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Should I just finish this and then we can go back and read or ask questions? Okay, because I have some questions. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purpose for (laughs) themselves. Bless you for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine and you say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of the tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. All right, I have a lot of questions here. All right, let's go. Okay. Jesus, John asks Jesus, are you the one who was to come? Mm -hmm. I thought that when he baptized him, he knew Jesus was the son of God. Yeah, so there's two ways of looking at this. And I've gone back and forth on him. One is, while John is in prison, he has his doubts. So he sends his disciples. So he's in prison right now? Yeah. To ask as kind of a, uh, you know, a surety, you know, affirming his faith. Um, and the kind of basis for that at the end he said unless you have righteousness greater than John you will not um, be in heaven which is something very similar that he says to the Pharisees you know if you don't if you're not more righteous than the Pharisees you won't be at the kingdom of heaven which means it's not based on your works it's based on or it's not based on yeah your works it's based on faith the other way of looking at it is John had faith uh, completely but his disciples were doubting so he sends his disciples to ask Jesus on behalf of him, but really, it's, it's for, for it's for them, mm. yeah. And mm. so they hear, and he quotes all of these different things from Isaiah about this special servant who is going to be the Messiah, and it would affirm them. And then when they brought the message back and told John that it would be, you know, he could reiterate this to them, and 
really confirm them in their faith because as John becomes lesser, Jesus becomes greater. So, um, what was I going to say? Hmm, whatever, keep going on. I'll well, think of it. Yeah. So he says all this stuff when the messengers are there. Then after the messengers leave, he asks all these questions like, why did you go out into the desert? Did mm-hmm. you go for this? Did you go for this? So now he's not speaking to John's messengers, but the other people listening were yeah. previous disciples of John as well. Yeah, well, everyone, well, most of the people there, the leaders of the Pharisees and stuff, they went out and they questioned Jesus or questioned John before they had talked to Jesus and said, are you the Messiah or should we expect someone else? Are you Elijah? And Jesus' point is, you knew John was a prophet. You went out to see a prophet and hear a prophet. Here's a guy that has devoted his life to preaching God's word, to living in the wilderness, to eating bugs, because that's what God told him. But unless you are holier than John, you're not going to make it to heaven. So it's just a condemning uh, law statement that we need Christ because our righteousness on this earth is not going to be able to get there. It'd be similar to saying um, what Paul says about Abraham. Mm. You know, um, that he wasn't saved by his righteous acts. He's saved by faith. So the same is true with John. And just for the record, I don't doubt that John is in heaven. Um, But I, I have wondered if he, like everyone, you know, had a moment of weakness and just wanted to hear the word of God reassure him, you know. Hmm. So sending him out there and asking him. But it's neither here nor there. What else? Um, yeah, I think you kind of answered it. There's that, that line, I, among those born of women, there's no one greater than John, yet the one, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Uh-huh. Who's that? The one who is least in the kingdom of God. It's, it just means like if you have faith or yeah it's it's anyone uh who is saved by Jesus hmm. that because when God looks at us he sees a perfectly holy person and okay. as great as John was he was not perfect he was still a man so he's just saying that you don't need to do good works because of faith or no, I don't know. We we yeah. The amount of good works you can do the one who is least will in never the will never make you part of God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. The only way to be part of God's kingdom is through Jesus. And then we do good works to serve him, as yeah. John had done his entire life. Um and I just don't know if I've ever read the section verse thirty one through thirty five where Jesus says you're like little children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it just was... I don't know. What do you take from it? I don't know. I just don't understand it. Hmm. There are so, children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. So they are... It'd be like a... 
someone saying, look at, I did this song. I wanted you to react a certain way, but you didn't. So I played a happy song and you didn't dance. I played a sad song and you didn't cry. So these leaders, they are thinking that they can manipulate the people around them just because they choose to do something that either the other believers, the Jewish people, or God himself should act the way that they want them to act just because they decided. And that's a very childlike way to view things. Hmm. We, we do what God wants do, us to do. Yeah, you didn't do what I expected you to do. Yeah, so you, and there's something says, wrong with you. No. They've said that John the Baptist had a demon, mm-hmm. and then Jesus came and they said, you're a glutton, drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Uh-huh. So he's saying, so you, we were not exactly what you thought we were. We didn't, whatever, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't live this monastic life. We didn't, we're not sitting in the temple every day wearing the, you know, all the prayer shawls and everything and shunning away sinners. We're not acting the way that you think we should act, but that doesn't make us less holy mm-hmm. or me less holy. Yeah. And then wisdom is proved right by all her children. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like a proverb. It is a proverb, yeah. All right, let's do this last section. Okay. Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. Now one of the Pharisees, I'm in verse 36, mm-hmm. by the way, if you're following along. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, so he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him behind him at his feet white weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell, tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who, who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What do you have to say about that? Uh, I don't think I have... Well, I guess my only questions are, like, who who these people are. Is yeah. this... Um, who is this woman? It's not Mary, is it? It's not Mary Magdalene. And then is Simon... I don't uh, think it's Simon Peter either. It's a either. different yeah. person. Yeah. Because he's not... Simon 
Her papers not a Pharisee. Pharisee. He was a fisherman. Yeah. Oh, it just said like Simon, like we were supposed to know who that was. So I was just confused. Yes, yeah, uh, Simon's a pretty common name. common name. <laughs> we're gonna run into Simon the Sword, or we did yeah. an axe. There's a lot of Simon's. Okay, so anyway, I don't know. I feel like this is a. I've read this a lot, so I don't have a lot of questions on it. I, uh, mm -hmm. she, she loves Jesus. She's, yeah, the she's more we... dedicated to him. She's thankful. She realizes how much, it's just like, yeah, she realizes how much she needs forgiveness. And this Pharisee still, you know, thinks he's better than other people. And mm -hmm. he doesn't need forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder, like, why Jesus is eating with him is he coming to faith he's trying to understand and he's not there or is he just arguing with him or is he just having him over because he wants i don't know like why is jesus there is he trying to teach him or is he because it seem, doesn't seem like he's really <laughs> learning much yet well i think he maybe he has a young faith and he he wants to learn from Jesus. You know, That's he true. is a teacher of the law, so it's a yeah, leader of God's he people. Says, so I have you something know. to tell you, and he says, "Tell me, teacher." So he yeah. He so he's think, respectful yeah. and he's listening. He just and, doesn't get it yet. Yeah, and um, and then I just was thinking, it's weird that I guess I don't understand the culture, but Jesus goes over to have dinner, and then all of a sudden these other people are in the house. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like that this guy doesn't really even like so they just walk in and join the dinner yeah it seems like a banquet mm -hmm. all of them are banquets so it's just like the doors are open people are coming in and out type yeah. thing but um, if he was like as disgusted by this woman as he said then I would have guessed he'd be like you can't come to my dinner but the fact she's in there She's been in there. She's doing all this stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, she's a terrible sinner. It's just it's weird to me that she's permitted to be at this this dinner. But I don't know. There are a lot of stories like that where there's lots of people at dinner. So you're probably right. It's a, not like a formal, only six people invited over, you know, sit-down dinner. Yeah. It's probably different. So, All right. Well, that was Chapter 7. Wonderful. And uh, next time we'll do... We'll read chapter eight. Okay, have a good day. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor Ran, Laura, wake up.